Hello and welcome to the Monaco Weekly. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco, and for today's show I speak of Alexander Payne, the director of The Holdovers, a dramatic comedy that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Set in the 1970s, it follows three lonely people at a New England boarding school over a winter break. Alexander began by explaining which 1930s French film inspired the premise of the movie. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. Oh. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. Filmmakers are always just looking for a decent premise. I just need a hook on which to hang the meat of the rest of the film. About a dozen years ago, I was at a film festival and caught a little-known Marcel Pagnol film from 1935, which had the same essential premise, not the same story at all. The, the stories are in, go in wildly different directions, but the premise was good. And I left the cinema thinking, oh, that's a good... How about another could, movie could be made off that same general premise? But I didn't do anything with it for years until I met David Hemmingson, who had written a pilot, which I had read, that took place in a boarding school. So I contacted him and I said, hey, I've read your pilot. Would you consider writing a feature in that world? Because it was a world I myself didn't know, nor had I begun the research. It was a minor miracle finding David Hemmingson. What about the script? Uh, because you usually write the scripts for your own films. What, how, how was your collaboration with him? How did this work out? It was my first experience, let's say, directing a writer. Mm. I asked him if he would write a script based on a premise I gave him. We worked together for the general storyline, which is to say he proposed three, four, five different storylines, and I selected the one I thought was most interesting to me. And then as he was writing drafts or even sections of drafts, he'd run them by me and I'd read them and give notes or suggest this or that. And then when we had a finished script, I would do some rewriting myself and then give it back to him. And a nice, it was a lovely collaboration between the two of us. And apparently something that you, I mean, changed a minor, well, not a minor thing, but it's the decade, right? That is that you wanted the 70s, not the 80s in a way. I didn't even remember that his pilot was set in the 80s. He and I just had this premise and we knew it couldn't be contemporary because there are no more single sex boarding schools. So it had to be a period film just mechanically. And then I've always wanted to start making period films. I haven't just, hadn't gotten to it yet. And the selection of 1970 just felt right to the both of us. It gave him tools to work with. I mean, in the production design, cinematography, even the way it was filmed, it felt very much like a movie from the 70s, but even the way you filmed, right? I mean, which I thought it was quite a sweet touch as well. Thanks for thinking it was a sweet touch. Yes. I thought it would be an interesting challenge mm -hmm. to have the film not just set in 1970, but to some degree, made to look and sound as though it had been made in 1970. What about the cast? I mean, of course, your relationship with Paul Giamatti, I mean, you reunited almost 20 years after, right, sideways. But what about the others? I mean, of course, Da Vinci has had an amazing performance. But one thing I was surprised, I just want to mention his name's right, Dominique Cessau. Is it true that's his first time on screen? That's unbelievable. 
He had never even been in a short film before. That's crazy. This was his first time in front of a camera. But he was already, I mean, at his level, an accomplished actor. We found him in a high school, indeed, one of the very high schools where I shot the movie. So he was a star in their drama department, was applying to acting programs at universities. So that was his path, is his path. But I just feel very lucky to have found him. And what about Paul? How was it to reunite with him after 20 years, more or less? Ever since the last day of photography on Sideways, I've been wanting to work with Paul again and he with me. And so it finally happened. It might have happened sooner if I were faster with screenplays, but it hadn't, but it didn't happen. Alexander, something we were talking <clears throat> off the record here, but you know about the name of the film in several countries we're discussing. I mean, are you involved with any of that? I mean, it's quite, it's quite an interesting one. Like even, I just came back from Brazil. It's called The Rejected. There was Rejeitados. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think are I, you interested I, in, in those? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I even get involved in uh, the dubbing and subtitling scripts in Italian, Spanish, French, and German. I don't speak German, but I still worked enough to be able to figure out what was being said. But I take, we put so much care into the title of and the dialogue inside these movies that I can't just leave it to these other countries to wreck it. I hope they're not doing that. Yeah. Just coming back as well from one of the film, I said the film was filmed like if it was in the 70s, the score and the, the music was fantastic. And I think, I hope the score would do well as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it was a long and uh, lovely collaboration among, so we, we were a triumvirate, myself, Kevin Tenth, the editor, and Richard Ford, the London-born music editor we've worked with for 25 years. So that's as we're figuring everything out. And then obviously the, the composer as well, in this case, a fellow named Mark Orton, who had previously done my film Nebraska. Uh, 10 years ago, but it's a long, long process of seeing what's right for the movie, what supports the rhythm, what supports the comedy, what supports the emotion, without ever calling attention to itself. And then, of course, it, with, in this one, an additional element, which is uh, popular music of the period, both, used both as score and as music that's being played by the characters. So it all took a long time, and you can get it in shape to where it works for the movie and then you're faced with the reality of what you can afford and then you have to switch things out even often at the last minute by the way we're here in england labby sifri are you familiar with him no actually so he was a an english singer songwriter who came to prominence in the early 70s he's still alive he lives in spain he was a discovery for me. And now Rolling Stone magazine has done an article on him based on his presence in, on the soundtrack of The Holdovers. So anyway, all along one way of saying we put a lot of time into that. And if it works, I'm happy. Amazing. Alexander, thank you so much. Thanks, Fernando. Thank you so much. Muito obrigado. De nada. Lying. Lying never did nobody no good, no So why am I lying now? So why am I lying now? So.
Thank you very much. Alexander Payne there, director of The Holdovers. And the film is out now. The Monaco Weekly was edited by Steph Chungu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>